Brain, I'm, I'm, I'm shoving air into my brain. That can't be good for business. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to run this by the boss. You're shoving air in your brain. Who is? Who would be the boss of our enterprise? I. It would be. Uh, I think it's a. It's a conglomerate of our dogs. Well, definitely. I'm just thinking. Which is it? Just Mercury. It's Mercury. Yeah, because she's the boss of the dogs, the dogs and the so dogs are the boss of us. us. So she would be the CEO, and they're the board. Mm-hmm. Tilly's mm-hmm. the treasurer. Yes, Tilly is definitely the treasurer. Yeah, she's just, you know, and we we elected Tilly the treasurer so that, you know, we can kind of get some... Get, we, we can get some leeway, Yeah, you T- know? Tilly is a dog that Scott... Scott has um now adopted four dogs. I it think is. that one of those adoptions happened on this podcast. We talked about Jumbo the dog. Jumbo the dog, yeah. Um, there was a whole episode dedicated to Jumbo. Yes, and his wildly large dog, Dick. I mean... Just weird. But we got it's the poison one out. Of the strangest. It, it yes. doesn't come out anymore. That's good. That's good because it wasn't. The world wasn't ready. Um, Tilly the dog is your. She is very old. You she adopted her because no one else would. Yeah. She can't see or hear. No. And she run into wall. Yeah. And sometimes she sometimes gets her, she puts bag on head. Yeah, she got her head stuck in a chip bag one time. Yeah. And um, she likes to poop in my car. She loves pooping in your car. Just my car, Only not other car. cars. She's pooped in my car several times. Poops on Liam. Yes, that's true. Car and Liam, occasionally, in one in go. In one go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but Mercury, the most together of the dogs, I would say she's very composed. Yes, and she is the boss of the dogs. Oh, she runs the as show. She should be, and um, she's probably our boss as well. Yeah, she's our boss. She tells us what to do. Okay, yeah. so we've established who's in charge of this operation. I mean, that's key, you know, because I think the people need to know this is transparency. What's missing in a lot of businesses, what's missing in government, right? You know, this is a decentralized do- dog autonomous zone. Yes, dog Does. autonomy for all. Uh, this is I Don't Heart Radio, and I'm Summer Krinsky. And I'm Scott Murphy. And this could be your next favorite band. Yeah. Today we're talking about a real band. We are talking about a real band. I, I mean, you know, Godbox update, we're at like 1,328 monthly listeners. So God just Box putting ascends. it out there. Uh, it climbs um, and it consistently grows. So we'll see, you know. I would love Godbox to fail is the thing. It would be really good for humanity for Godbox to fail. And there's a p- very big possibility that we that there's a ceiling that's hit. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll keep everyone updated. Yes. Uh also like podcast update, I was kind of I was going through like music news. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do is give myself a pat on the bat. A pat on the back, rather. Yeah, it was like you have a bat. I've got a bat that I'm just patting. Uh Um, So the thing is, (laughs) that that sounds just threatening. uh, How this podcast works is I, Scott Murphy, yes, curator, taste maker, just listen to an unfiltered stream of new release music. Yeah, and sometimes emails. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's no sorting. I'm not going to like Pitchfork Top 100 uh, or NPR or even an algorithm that's like a thousand people like this. I just listen to 
everything that's coming out. Right. Uh, and then look around. And I got to say, so many of the artists that have been featured on this podcast for the last year are now official South by artists. It's like, like you were calling it. I was it calling coming. it. And yeah. I, I mean, I call it first because it's like, I'm just listening to their record. Are you the coolest cat in town? I'm just saying that maybe people should appreciate what I'm doing here <laughs> because you could you could literally like if anyone's trying to do like hipster Olympics of like, oh yeah, I knew I knew them before they were big. This should be your source. Well, I mean, it is true that yeah, a lot of the ones a lot of the bands you talked about are playing South by and other, you know, exciting kind of breaking the band festivals and are i've just seen like uh, a lot of uh, growth on the a lot of their uh yeah as the release because often you're bringing like a single that's coming you know before an album and then i'm watching the album come out and i'm watching growth and that's super exciting but it's also yeah you know we could give you a little cheer i think that i think that i deserve a little credit i'm you want a paper plate award hipster of the could you make me a century oh please Let's okay. do that. Let's get Absolutely. that award. Let's crowdsource an award for me. And also, maybe people uh, could go like, hey, I wonder if this dude with really good taste is in like a band or something that he thinks is good or, you know, whatever. Because I am. <laughs> it's called oh, Summer what's like it called? The, it's called Summer Like the Season. Good, good. Yeah. Another shameless plug. I, I, I think I should be shamelessly plugging because I'm on the cutting edge. Yeah, you're you're finding them as they emerge. You're basically, um, you know, I doing mean, the A and R. I'm doing the A and R. I I uh, just listen. I show up and you you play me song and I make, you know, uh, judgment calls, split decisions, and I just kind of spew nonsense. And um, I mean, I'm not even doing the Fantano thing is to just like scrub pitchfork. All right, yeah. And I will challenge him to a push up contest. Wait, who? Fantano. Who's that? The the music review man. He was in the Channel 5 episode. You were like, who's that guy? Oh, and you were like, that's, that's a Fantano. guy. That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you're saying he's already getting the filter. Because, I mean, if you don't know, it's not like Pitchfork is something you can just get, you know, reviewed on. There's like, there's just a gatekeeping mechanism for most major blogs where, um, you need a PR agent to even really get the attention. I mean, you're, you know, any person can email a person, but whether that email is going to get clicked on um, to even get listened to as a possibility right. is really. Um, it's a classic access doesn't equal opportunity argument. Uh, what do you mean by that? Oh, it's like the, uh, you know, like, well, anyone can apply to this voucher school. Totally, so, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. Mm hmm. So anyway, all to say, I don't, I don't even know the name of this guy, and I don't want to know because I'm not making him a paper plate award. <laughs> it's me. It's you. Uh, so today's artist, Helen Gagne, uh, and uh, we just listened to uh, the single. It's got a great chorus. Um, it is. Yeah. Super Little good. girls super cool. never die. They only rot inside. Yeah. It's um definitely I, you kind of feel that as a is it, it the the word was it was little girls little girls never yeah die, uh yeah 
young girls never I thought, die. Yeah, I thought it was I'm young sorry, girls. It's I was young like, girls. little girls little didn't girls feel is, as powerful. That's not as pro- young girls, young girls never girls die. Young is, girls is a little more powerful because as a, as a woman, uh, you know, in society, you uh, aging uh, inescapably, um, you do feel the, you know, I think that everyone feels the pressure of age, but especially um, in the field of the arts, in the field of uh, being in front of people, the pressure of aging um, and like looks having this like um, higher significance. And I don't know if this is like the um, even the the intention. intention, but that was what resonated with me about the lyrics. It was like. Young girls never die. They just they only rot inside. Am I saying it right? Yeah, yeah. I, it was uh, very like um, it, it cut. It, you know, it cut uh, very deeply. <laughs> <laughs> Deep cut. Yeah. And you know, as Scott Murphy colon ally, right? I did recognize <laughs> this as a as a powerful theme. Uh-huh. Good, uh huh. Good. 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 Yeah. We'll, we'll put that second. Uh, your next paper plate. Maybe yeah. it'll make like a monthly paper plate award. Please, I need that could it. Be a, I need a segment the validation. to get us through the winter at least. Maybe it's like winter oh, months. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Winter we months we do paper. paper Maybe plates. we both give each other a paper plate award okay. every month. Uh-huh. Okay, this is good. One this month your ally, yeah. other month your hipster king. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. So, uh, Helen Ganya just put out uh, "Polish the Machine." Uh, that is her latest release. Uh, she was formally releasing music as I have to dog in the snow uh, mm-hmm. and then has made the full shift to just using her name. Okay, and, yeah. and that's also, that's playing into, um, there's a a large theme of um, having ownership of, of your own identity and autonomy with, like throughout this record. So like the name change is deliberate. It's like, I'm going to be me and these are going, you know, these are my thoughts and my songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not and, one kind of step removed or anything. It's a, cause that's kind of the interesting thing about having like a moniker is like, you know, Oh, I'm playing a it, part. Yeah, I'm playing right. a character. And then that in and of itself is like a, I don't know, like a different kind of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there is a point at which you're just like, it's me, fear me, <laughs> you know? Uh, and for anyone that wants to, you know, check it out, it's called Polish the Machine. I would go stream it right now. And it's very lush. It's kind of in that, it, you know, again, in the Bjorkscape, the Kate Bush scape, there's synths, there's strings, drum machines, bass loops, all of the, you know, the hallmarks of the, kind of a... <clears throat> the vocals reminded me of a lot of different singers, um, like, but very, and yet um, definitely in delivered in her own way. Um, yes. But yeah, like you were saying, yeah, there's like a lot of, there's, you can, it's one of those, you can hear a lot of influences, but it's like, it's it's very much her own take on those influences yeah 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 it's not a rip no it's just yeah. like a this is for if you like you might like yeah yeah yeah, yeah i feel like anyone. we do that on a lot of these but i think you should yeah. Uh-huh. yeah um this is the new record is out on bella union which is like a really fun interesting thing in and of itself it's uh cocteau twins put together an indie label in the late 90s bella union mm-hmm. and it was mostly for it's like a really interesting path of the like celebrity you know and 
uh, shoegaze celebrity label. Okay. Um, because for quite a while, it was kind of for like side projects and personal projects, you know, classic like splinter label uh, yeah, yeah. activity. And then uh, Cocteau Twins broke up, and then they decided that just one of them would run the label, you know, in the divorce. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they just started kind of like signing a bunch of people, and one of them was Fleet Foxes, like out of nowhere. I was going to say that Bella yeah. Union sounded familiar. Yeah. So that was like the 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 spark for Bella Union because it went like quintuple platinum. It's technically like the highest grossing indie record of all time, uh, which kind of put Bella Union in a really... I was like reading into it and going through the roster. It's in Mm -hmm. a really interesting space for indies. Can I say a side note controversial opinion? Yeah. I hate the dude. Oh, Father John Misty. Father John Misty. That's not a new opinion to the podcast. Have we talked about it on the podcast? I can't remember. Yeah. Well, I still hate him. It was the Ellie for anyone out there. It's the Ellie Bleach episode. Oh, that we talked about how our hatred towards him. Yes. Yeah. Just real. I mean, I told you then probably already. We've probably oh. already. Done that. I saw him live at the Alabama Shakes. He op- he opened, and it was right. like the cringiest of all cringe. I mean, um, there's just so much going on there. It was it was one of the uh, experiences of a person just like the banter was. You are all so lucky to be seeing me. <laughs> I was not a giant fan of his music to start, and I would left a lesser fan. Right. Anyway, but fleet flocks, fleet floxes, fleet floxes. To the top of the charts. Top of the charts. And then that kind of, it set Bella Union on a path, um, which like Explosions on the Sky is on it. Um, there's there's like a cool, you know, there's a good amount of stuff that is non-Fleet Fox related. I mean, related. I like Fleet Fox. Fleet Fox. <laughs> wow, it's just unchangeable now. I like Fleet Foxes more than Father John Misty. Right. I, I like the band version more than the, than the, the solo version. breakout. Yeah. yeah. Than yeah. the man version. Stay with your Floxes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the roster is also just filled with like a bunch of like up and comers, a bunch of uh, like kind of like plucked from the scenes like really small acts mm-hmm. uh and helen ganya is one of those like smaller acts on the label um like a, a big uh you know dog in the snow has um like five releases there's a lot of history there but is you know this is kind of like her biggest work so far and was Dog in the Snow like a collaboration with other band members? No, it, I as far as I can gather, uh, it is like a solo project under a name. Gotcha. Um, and like this is done in close collaboration with a like multi instrumentalist and producer. This uh-huh. newest record, and I I feel like that's generally the vibe. Big collaborator energy, but yeah, yeah, no band. Cool. Okay. Yeah, it's really pretty and memorable. Um, like uh, the the chorus line is like very catchy of the song you played for me, but then it, it, the the synth orchestration makes it feel because like the chorus yeah. line is very Kate pushy. It's very um, it's like memorable and it's the, it hits the soprano thing. Yeah. It's got big range in the melody. Yeah, but then on the synth stuff on the synth work in the like um verses are it feels a little more modern and yeah. um yeah it's it's very cool 
Yeah, let's um, go to copy. Copy's right. good. Let's hear it. Uh, approaching a new decade and age can bring with it a sort of existential search for meaning. Tell me about it. Uh, she just turned 30. Hey, so, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, we don't we don't know anything about that. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure no one else out there listening to this very, you know, niche, uh, certain demographic of music is also maybe approaching or just blasted past 30. Forever young. Um, as we grasp at reflections and try to draw a line into new phase, expectations can be amplified, leaving us reeling in the wake of some unobtainable self. Cool. So yeah. you're just like, you're j just trying to claw back at your once former glory. Hell yeah, Helen. For Helen it's Gunn. It's not even glory necessarily. Unattainable, unattainable save so, it's like itself. Yeah. It's like the, uh, like the, the person you were trying to be or, you know, that. Oh, yeah. You're, you're building and building and building. And now it's time to have like reveal the statue. Uh -huh. And it's maybe not so done. Yeah. Mm. For Helen Ganya, entering her 30s made her question and pull away from the heteronormative social constructs that surround us. Again, very relatable, Helen. Certainly. Uh, on her new album, Polish the Machine, the Brighton-based songwriter stretches away from the suburban nightmare, seeking a cathartic reprieve that looks beyond the ordinary. Quote, I was looking to the truth of removing any expectations that we've, requi that we've acquired along the way. Hmm. Removing expectations. Yeah, well, I guess that that kind of like piggybacks a little bit off of what you were saying about like approaching, like hitting thirty, and and looking back at the, you know, looking at what you were maybe trying to build, like your own expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not just ex, not necessarily just expectations from others, but the way to free yourself from feeling like there is this unobtainable like machine in front of you. That uh, that you just have to like kill expectation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kill expectation. Kill. I mean, I. But I, I guess I'm just thinking about that lyric, the chorus lyric of that one of the song that you sh uh, played for me. The rotten side. It doesn't even. It doesn't sound like killing expectation. It sounds like because <laughs> um, <laughs> it sounds like the the cre like the creature of who you were trying to be is like dead and unremovable but like yeah. with but like living in you Par yeah parasite action y you yeah but not ta well parasite would be overtaking ah you yes you know it's just it's a like symbiote no cuz no. symbiote would be like helping. yeah helping it's like a um bloat ah and it's like uh, like a a a bloat that is also you know maybe like smelling <laughs> it's it's like a negative but it isn't so much so that it's raining on who you are or what you're doing but it is just kind of like slowly um you know still permeating through your uh a fungus current reality sure okay well, let's go with, we'll fungus. Go with fungus i would like the paper plate award for fungus uh, back to the copy. Previously performing under the moniker Dog in the Snow, 
Uh, Ganya's 2017 album, Consume Me, uh, introduced a meticulous and elegant voice, while 2019 album, Vanishing Lands, inspired by the striking imagery in a period of vivid dreams, uh, utilized swirling dream pop and ha- haunting post-punk to present an eerie, unflinching look at the often nightmarish reality of the present world. Polish the Machine, in contrast, leans further into Kanye's uh, interior, but refuses to su- succumb to despondency, instead pursuing a platform for community and tentative optimism. I do really like the name Polish the Mu- Machine as well. Yeah. It's like, I mean, what I'm getting is that the there's like, from that, is just that, the, you know, there's the machine of like, it sounds like the prior work was like a commentary on a lot of like societal, exactly. you yes. know, uh, negatives and that this is kind of just like a, a bit of like an ex- acceptance and like polish to me i'm just like imagining like um it's like i'm imagining it, it being this double thing where you are um there's a degree of embracing it and being like well let's make this as good as possible yeah but then it's also like when you polish something not just like clean right the word polish like when you polish something it's like so shiny that you can like see your well, reflection and in it's, it it's intimate you know, like uh, yeah. uh, cleaning is like, oh, I'm I'm clean. You know, I've got a rag and I'm I'm wiping it off. You know, polishing is like you're up close and you're in the you're in the crevices. Yeah. But I mean, specifically, like what I'm saying is like you've cleaned it so purely that you can see a reflection in it. Yes. So you're you're like seeing yourself in the machine that you are now. Um, I guess maybe accepting for better or worse, you are a part of, or you are you know inescapably in side of (laughs) well i i think that this is also it's worth noting that these prior albums they are 2017 and 2019 Mm -hmm. and then a thing happened what yeah you know (laughs) uh and i just feel like this is a a recurring thing in society at large and and our art you know in, in particular where this ref, you know, this kind of like forced reflective period that a lot of people <clears throat> went through, where it was very, I don't know, like kind of commonplace to like look at the system and you know, maybe you know, put your opinions onto it and everything. And then, uh, we, we're forced to live with ourselves and see like the failure of the system, yeah, like crumble around us. So the the only option to live as a person is to polish the machine. Like, the machine is your machine, you know? You mean, and that's kind of like the attitude of, like, being still positive towards, like, community and stuff that was said in the copy? Yeah. Yeah. That, the you know, the large scale, mm. like, really, um, you know, it fell apart. And it. I think that, you know, just within looking at my friends and looking at myself and looking at other people that I respect, there has been an, uh, an reinvestment in the things you can affect. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do see that. And I think the people that have made it through the, that, you know, era of time (laughs) of, uh, of pandemic time that I think the, you know, I think everyone's making it through in one way or the other, um, but the people that have uh, had a better time with easing back into the world have really just leaned on 
community. Yeah. Um, so when so this is um this was a single that you was it this the the like lead single off the oh, record album's out oh the, okay the album whole came out, out in late November nice polish the machine is out uh and young girls never die is the single and that was you know it was really it, it really grabbed me I listened through the whole album it's good it's really good mm-hmm. uh and especially it's like a a big system playback kind of album you know or headphones uh there's just a there's a lot happening it's very lush very wide um so it's a uh a like a huge treat to listen to awesome yeah and there is a going back into copy there is a paragraph on young girls never die and this is interesting this kind of like again jumps off a lot of our feelings um on the propulsive young girls never die Hammering synths and haunting electronic strums create a canvas for an aggrieved Ganya who delivers a biting declaration towards the patriarchal norms of today. Young girls never die. We just rot inside. Um, The individual girl is often not allowed to grow, she explains. Instead, there's this sort of festering. That's the word. There it is. Uh, Yeah, fester. Yeah, I I uh, rescind your fungus paper plate award. Right, we that give wasn't it, quite right. Helen Ganya, you get the paper plate award for Fester. <laughs> uh, and that's uh, yeah, that's young girls never die. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's really um potent, I would say. And uh, I was just thinking as you were reading that because if if it definitely felt like it, uh, what I was getting from that song was exactly. Um, the intention. One day, I'm just gonna say something about a lyric that stands out to me, and we're gonna you're gonna read the the copy, or we're gonna get a write in from the artist that's just like absolutely incorrect imp- interpretation. Oh, not one day. I this look has forward happened. To it. We've it, you've incorrectly interpreted people's story, but have not the songs yet. I don't think we've inter or oh no one has you're right. Out we about we the, haven't. We've we've gotten things wrong, but not about the history, history of, of the person facts. Dates, locations. I think that matters less than the art, than the music. But then also I would say that the fact that, you know, there's also the fun thing of, like, interpreting something in a totally different way than it was intended. I I mean, isn't that the part of the point of art? Yeah. You know, I don't don't think there's a right way. Maybe we're not taking enough leaps here. We got to we got to spin some. If anything, I've learned to make up or sorry, infer. Uh Uh-huh. Harder, <laughs> infer bigger. Yeah, oh yeah, you gotta infer big. Bigger go home. So are we? Are you leading us here? Well, Is you there know, a pathway. Helen Is Ganya a... has uh, looked deep within herself mm-hmm. and uh, done a uh, a rearrangement of the mind, a okay. rearrangement of the uh, core of a human being, and I was like. What better way to change yourself from the inside out than LSD? Okay. So I I went into the uh, I just uh, remembered. I would argue that shrooms are a better way, but go on. Right. Well, I don't know. I was trying to thread it. Sure, sure. I was trying sure, to thread. Sure, sure. Don't no, no, no. do drugs, people. Uh. <laughs> okay. Where where are we threading with LSD? I was just uh. 
I just wanted to like dive into the uh, to the missile silo guy. Missile silo guy. Do do you not uh, do you not have the? Co- I, I mean, I ho- it would be great if you didn't. The uh, the LSD manufacturer arrested it in a missile silo. Um, I don't know if I know this story. Dope. Okay. That's great. Yeah, All right. that's like so. Just maybe we be clear. We are transitioning here into part B. The we're we're gonna Scott's gonna tell me some other stuff <laughs> that doesn't have to do with this band. Yeah, part All B. Right. Part B. Back half. All right. Uh, well, so you know, LSD just started because some nerd was playing with chemicals and then went for a bike ride. Right, of course. And that is the, uh, you know... Best bike ride of all time. The classic bike ride. And the... It's an interesting subsect of history because it's kind of a... uh, A constant cycle of just, like, fail scientists getting weird with it. Mm -hmm. You know, research chemists who wanted to kind of drop out of society or change their life, and then they... uh, they just like, you know, manufacture. I wouldn't necessarily call it a failure, but okay. Right. I think it's stumbled. It's like stumbling upon. Uh, it's a history of stumbling upon. Uh-huh. Uh, Remember that website? Arrowhead? No, stumble upon. Stumble Arrowhead's upon. still there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think stumble upon. Uh, you know what? I don't know. Well, Are we don't know. still stumbling upon stuff? But Arrowhead's still around. Um, I did have to check recently for a friend. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Officer, this arrowhead searches for a friend. <laughs> it was a, yeah. Cool. Anyway, tell yeah. me the story. <laughs> well, so it's just, it's a history. Well, there's a little blip in the 50s where it's the United States government. Uh, and then it's a, a loose, decentralized network of uh, just like former scientists uh, getting weird with it. Uh huh. And there was William Leonard Picard, who started. I vague. I know the name. Yeah. I feel like I've heard oh, this. www.freewilliamleonardpicard.com. You've probably stumbled upon it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a common website. Well, that is his website. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the seventies, mm-hmm. he was a like a TA at a college. And then that was the end of finding his work history anywhere. And he just decided to make LSD professionally. And started to do it. Uh, it was a, <laughs> and again, it's kind of like that, that Walter White uh, kind of energy uh-huh. where he's a, he's a teacher, he's a scientist, he recruits a, you know, a, a lesser scientist to help him uh, break his lab down. Uh huh. Uh huh. Couldn't well the whole Walter White story impossible with healthcare, right? Oh yeah. I mean, there's a there's a viral video that's like if Breaking Bad was in Canada. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Okay, sorry. Go on. Okay. Oh, no, that's okay. You could derail me. This is very loose. This is a uh, we're getting uh, we're diving into our identity. Sure. Yeah. Interrupt me. Dive along. So. He breaks bad, mm-hmm. and he develops uh, basically a system for manufacturing like large quantities of LSD. Like uh, the 
the repeated claims of the United States government is that he was doing about a kilogram of raw LSD every five weeks, uh, which is something like 10 million hits of yeah, acid. I have no yeah. idea what that is. It's just it so much. To. It's a lot. Okay. Uh, and he was, uh, you know, in, in their charges against him, they were like, this equates to, you know, $70 million. Uh, and he was like, I'm not selling it for that much. I'm selling it for like a million. They could do whatever they want with it after that. I'm just making the fun juice. Right, okay. Uh, And his whole strategy revolves around um, building a lab and then busting it down and uh, not staying in one place for for more than one uh, cook. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and always on the move. He's always on the move, and that's what his assistant is for. Like I, I keep thinking. So the whole time you're telling me the story, I I think that the timing might not work out. But there's a girl I used to watch on YouTube that was like the the ex girlfriend of someone who got busted and was at one point like the number one ah. supply. And I'm like, is it this guy? But I I don't know. Go on. Just this yeah. Is, oh, I'm well, just keep. To... No, we're we're just trying to jog yeah. your cultural memory. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's what the back half is for. Sure. Jogging our collective unconscious. So, uh, and, and it's like a very I don't know. Crime is interesting, in and of itself. Like when someone successfully does crime, you're kind of like, good for you. That's a fun way to go about it. And it he... depends on the crime. But oh, okay. Okay. No, you're right. <laughs> Only non-violent fun crime. Non-violent crime. All right. Uh, good, good catch. Yeah. <laughs> Though I don't know some of the mafia stories. I wouldn't say that they're fun in like a you know storytelling hero villain. Exactly. That's what I mean. Way. I don't mean they're fun. Not... I'm not like good for Tony. Right. Right. It's just an interesting character. Totally. Yes. Yes. But the crimes that uh, are perpetrated, are I would say, are not fun. Right. In that, though, remember on the Sopranos mm-hmm. when they made that when they made that like soccer coach just take out like millions of dollars of credit card debt. Um, I think that your memories. You're talking about the guy that owns the hunt, the fishing hunting store. Oh, the fishing hunting store. Yeah, a, a soccer coach. Sorry, he looks like he a owns coach. like a camping store. Right, the camping store man. And he takes out hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. Yeah, that's you kind know. of funny. Well, he's got a gambling addiction. Yeah, that's kind of sad too. Well, you no, know, but the the point of that was that he kind of did it to himself. Because he wanted to be. I don't the, know if that's the point of no, it. No, no, no. The it point was, of it. No, no, no. Because he was. He was <laughs> I like. Think the point of it's that Tony is a oh, shark. Oh, Tony is bad. And can take it and sees a person that can be taken advantage of. Right. But the guy so. was like, oh, I have all these funny mobster fr- friends. I'm like, you know. Yeah. And then they go like, yeah, we're bad. Right. Yeah. I think there's two points. It's a double Inside moral. of us, there are two points. Yes. Okay. So. Uh, William, William uh, Picard. William Picard. Captain Picard. Okay. Uh, he's making. Well, he he forms labs. like a decentralized network uh-huh. where he is never in direct contact with any like human being. Uh, basically, there's he's like always teaching people how to do this. Like, well, no, he's cooking, mm-hmm. and then he is. Uh, 
not interfacing with the main distributor at any point. That's Potoma Joe. Okay. Yeah, so there's a California man who distributes it to all of the California people. I don't know if you're going to know the answer to this, but yes. you said cooking. Is he cooking? It's like synthesizing. It's, it's synthesizing. It's yeah. I'm, well, I'm like, we're just, it's like, breaking, like half bad. breaking bad. Okay, we're yeah. like both war. I'm not. I would like worlds. the government to know that I don't know how you make LSD. Right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. There's a there's a precursor. Uh, there's like some sort of like synthesized chemical, and then you have to like know what to do with it. Uh, and then it's ultimately the precursor that the government is able to track, and that's how Okay, they... you've convinced us all that you don't know. Right, I don't know. <laughs> all right. But I know that there's a tub of goo that you have to buy at some point. All right. And then getting that goo, goo to story. an LSD man is a whole thing. There, like, that's one of the people that you have to, like, cut out from. Okay, the goo man. The goo man. Sure. Okay, so he's so, never with the goo he's man. He's never with the goo man, uh-huh. and he's never with the LSD Purchaser. distributor. Okay, yeah. You know, throughout his entire time. Uh, he gets arrested in 1988 for the first time, uh, it, like in a lab that he's set up, and then he does like five years in prison. Okay. Uh, and so then he becomes a Buddhist. He becomes more of a... Uh, a sp- Spiritual LSD creator. Uh, sure. And, yeah. Okay. He just he feels uh, it's where he. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's Did gone. Some third this eye is work his, in jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He now finds himself in the grand tradition of like alchemists, uh-huh. uh, in which uh, you know he has a he has a duty now to make l- larger amounts of LSD. Sweet. Gets out of jail. Starts making LSD again right away. 1996 to like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this might be the guy. This is it the was guy up until the early 2000s. Up until the early 2000s. I think this might be the guy with the. Gr- well, go on. We're we're gonna find out. We'll we'll do a cutaway at the end where I look it up and figure it out. There was a girl on YouTube who uh-huh. used to make videos about like tripping and about her crazy life as being the girlfriend of the largest LSD creator of like you know, one of the largest of all times and at one point was, like, the supplier for, like, 90% of... And she... And if I am thinking of the right person, he was very violent to her. Oh. It's sad. Bad. He's a bad man. He's a sad bad man. Okay, well, now we have to find out. Yeah, but we'll find... Okay, so continue with the story. Sorry if that's a a bummer. Maybe it's a different man! It could be the same man, though. Could be the same man. Well, sorry, everybody. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) The, so the thing is, and I guess this is like the this is a very long-winded moral of the story because like where I even thought of this is that there is a, um, you know, the reason that anyone knows is that he's the guy that was making LSD in a United States missile silo. Yeah, that's how you started it. So what? That's is that? how you start it. And the thing is, is that his method of making LSD was to go from lab to lab, location to location, state to state, make a lab, tear it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened was he had a cutout and he uh, was like, oh, I've got a perfect location for you. It's this missile silo. Uh, and it turns out that the the dude that was setting him up with the missile silo was compromised by the United States government. 
It was a setup. Uh huh. And he gets into the missile silo and goes, I cannot make LSD in this location. Okay. Like it's li- like it, it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work. The humidity mm-hmm. is, uh, it's all fucked. That this isn't a, this isn't a suitable location. Okay. Um, and that's just to say, like when I when I looked it up, it's the, it's this weird thing of like you you make a a connection. It's like a you know it's an urban legend of that was like such a huge thing in the in the lore community. Of was like, that he made LSD well, in a missile, missile silo? But because it didn't it's happen. Never happened. Okay. He never set it up. Uh, okay. Yeah. And it's like your memory was that that was what happened. Well, it was, it's the yeah. cultural memory. Oh man, I it's the collective it's unconscious. <laughs> I don't remember. What does that mean? That it's it's just uh, it's like a Berenstein, Berenstein. No, no, no. I know. I understand what you're saying. It means. I'm saying. What does it mean that I am not a part of this collective? You're not in the Berenstein Bears world, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just outside of it. I'm in both universes. Yeah, you're floating through. uh, I'll take it. The nether, the netherverse. The netherverse. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So sorry in in the in the true, you know whatever reality of you're saying that the, it's a mismemory. It's a mismemory, and it's also um, basically the basis for um, uh, like his entire criminal defense is that when they because it was set up the silo was set up as a sting. So when he was uh, leaving the silo, it was to leave the site. So he actually hadn't uh, produced any LSD. But he was caught there. He basically. was caught. That's where they, um, because he tore down his lab and then had like a, a, a Jim Gibbon style box truck <laughs> that he rented and then had a like a follow car. Mm-hmm. And they were pulled over like immediately upon leaving. With all the equipment. With the equipment, uh, but all he had was like his personal hit of LSD on him. And that was enough to get him arrested? Yeah, so, and, and that's... This, all right, I, now I'm feeling like this is a different guy than the YouTube oh, persons. Oh, good. We will have to find out. I'm so sorry to keep going back and forth throughout. We're, I, we're, we're going to have to check because, you know, because there was important. A, the, the bust was bigger? No, well, because I think he went to jail for a very long time. You're saying he only found one, the one well, he went Well, ja- he went to jail until... 2020. Oh, he just got out? He just got out. Oh. So is he on your mind because of that? <laughs> I don't know. I was honestly trying... Okay, I was honestly trying to think of some sort of cultural touchstone uh-huh. that relates to, you know, changing your identity. Mm. I was really trying to... Because, again, maybe I could be accused of just picking random shit for the back half. Some. I was trying. me have accused you of that. Right. <laughs> Randomness, and I would like a paper plate award mm. for trying. I don't know if you can ask for. I think paper, I can. I can ask for paper. I feel plate like awards. that's not in the spirit of the paper plate award. Like I feel like the spirit of the paper plate award is finding out when everyone together has nominated you, you know, for a, a quality that you didn't necessarily realize that you <laughs> exuded. But you know? what if I realize all things? Mm. Paper plate award what for if, for tr- pure transcendental wisdom. Hmm. 
All right. Well, we'll we'll ask you guys can write in when you write in uh, that maybe that perhaps that's the subject line. Uh, if you have any bands to recommend us, I don't heart radio pod at gmail dot com. Subject line paper plate award. Oh, I was thinking pure transcendental wisdom. wisdom? Oh, that is better. Yeah, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. It's almost like I possess pure transcendental wisdom. It's almost like it, huh? Yeah, it is like it. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like you want to give me an award. Oh, you're going to get a circular awards. shaped in a paper plate format. Mhm. Anyway, William is now the time. Do we look it up? Yeah, we should look it up. Okay. Tell me if this man is bad. All right. Okay, so I wasn't totally off, but I also wasn't totally on. I'm sorry that I maybe... Well, that I, I had added the right, to the drama. Well, I had the right story. So it is... So when I was a kid and I... Um, you know, I was a teenager and I was interested in the concept of mind altering substances. I was, you know, surfing Arrowhead for uh, a curious for stories. Young American. I also spent some time on YouTube where I found Neurosoup, which was a YouTube channel of Crystal Cole. And I remember watching her like when I was like 17 or 18. She is related to this case, but it's not William Picard that she dated. She, her um, relationship was with Gordon Todd Skinner. Okay, and he was the owner of the missile silo property. So he's and, actually her ex-husband. Yeah, and he was super abusive. Right. As she and he was the he was the one that sold them out. He was the informant. So she, she there's actually a book she wrote. Um, so it turns out that if you're working with the feds, you might be a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole. She, she talks about it. She can. She calls it her survival story. Yeah. Um, because he was like super duper abusive. So it is not uh William Pickard, who I I don't know what you know. We we can't. We're not saying he was great. We're not saying he was bad. We're not saying anything. But it's a uh, in Lysergic is the um, is the book by Crystal Cole where she details the events as she saw it. Um, her involvement with Gordon Todd Skinner and William Leonard Pickard the infamous LSD chemist who operated the lab in an underground missile silo. Never actually operated a lab huh. in the silo, though. Well, that's he in was the merely, copy of the book. That's wild, because he didn't, and he was only sold... Oh, you know what? No, this is a review. I'm reading a review. Ah, uh, okay. yeah, so they just didn't actually read the book. Huh. We got you. See, it's just the cultural memory is so powerful. He was merely sold a silo... By a no, narc. wait. This is the copy, not the. Um, I'm ah. so sorry. I'm finding this, figuring this out as I go. No, advocating the... books.google.com. Um, yeah, okay. So I guess this is uh, an incorrect. Someone is just you know reading the news or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, if I remember correctly, because the story was it was wild. I think that the, there was a moment where she was like essentially being like kidnapped by them. Like she was yeah. Not, there, there was a there was a point where she was willingly involved, and then there was a point where she was unwillingly, right, um, being forced to continue being involved. Yeah, crazy, wild memory. So long ago, and again, I'm going to nominate myself for the paper plate award because mm -hmm. it would seem like because I, I introduced this B plot. 
Sure. I threaded it uh-huh. from the artist. Loosely. And you were, I was like, do you have cultural memory of this? And you were like, I don't think so. But then it turns out that we've unlocked a big part of your teenage subconscious. I suppose so. Wild. Um, this has been I Don't Heart Radio. Give it five stars. It's please. Uh, if you are on Apple Music, Spotify, whatever you're listening, if it ha- if wherever you are listening has the ability for you to follow and give it stars, it gives us. It's just like so good for other people finding. You know, it, it spits us into the churn, basically. So if you can give it five stars, if you can give it a review, um, that will be huge in getting this podcast to reach others. And um, then we can share Scott's super cutting edge hipster music taste with the world. It will crown me the hipster boy king. And that's the most important, you know, that's what we're all working towards. That's it. Yeah. Yeah.